We appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Man. We go way, way back. A lot right. of folks don't know West, our man. history. <laughs> we go way, way back. But we appreciate you being on the show, bro, man. And um, we're happy to have you on here, Joe. Hey, thanks for having me. What took so damn long? <laughs> that's, the, that's the real shit. What took so long? Hey, Jeez. Man, we, you had to wait till it's time. Now. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's time now. So. With the vibe. It's, it's, it's crazy. When you first got to the league, who was the first person to bust your ass? Damn. The first person to get me. So I got my shit off first, Mashburn, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, Monster Mash. Going at him, working him, preseason. It ain't real yet. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, these dudes not as nice as I thought they were. Yeah. You know, he relaxed. He ain't even went into, the, you know, overdrive yet. So first game out the gate, I get a chance to match up with him again. And everything just looked different. <laughs> Shit was real blurry out Monster there. Mass. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm telling you, his back to the basket game, 17 on in. He knew where the rim was at all time. He knew exactly how to get to his spots. Some of the things that I try to teach the players now, but he was just automatic. That Give me the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, bump me, airspace. I understand like the angles and the dynamics of that. Uh, when I was that young, because, you know, you just he a raw, raw athletic type. or nothing. He no, was just, just airspace. He used to get me. I'm talking about. Yeah, that was one of his nemesis. <laughs> he was a problem for me. Physicality, that boy was too strong. I know, I know he couldn't beat me, and I I can get back to him. I can meet him at the rim. I knew. But it was some way, somehow, he was getting this shit off, and he airspace. was scoring every time. That shit was pissing me off yeah, with nobody, him. Nobody ever talk about him, though. Nah, Monster yeah. Mash. Nobody ever. When he I hear these conversations. The when I came in, it was like, yeah, he's serious. <laughs> when yeah. you talk to them ones that really got the bop against him, though, you, like, we didn't have a cut. And he he won them first. Like, yo, like, psh, Mash? Like, Mash was a problem. Facts. <laughs> it was first. silent. Yeah. yeah. He didn't talk. Just went to work on your ass, looked at you. Like, after he put on that demonstration, he looked at you. Like, you, yeah. you, you saw it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got that work. Yo, yo, yo. We live on location. Las Vegas, Nevada. 2023 NBA Summer League, man. We are here at the beautiful XS Nightclub. We appreciate the hospitality. And we got the views and vibes. Y'all might hear some of the views and vibes. Poolside right there cracking. People out there having the time. But we in here doing business, man. We got a very yes, special guest, man. The blackest one here with me. This is a Midwest swain, but we family. got family in the Champion. building. This East Saint, I'm Shot Town. We got Racine <laughs> in the building. CB, Ron Butler, man. Hey, listen, right now, head coach of the Summer League for the Miami Heat, soon to be head coach in the league. You know, we're going to keep that low, though. Yes, but we sir. have a time, man. We got family. Y'all sit back and relax. The first time I met you was when I seen you in Purdue at this tournament. I just started playing Speech, AAU ball. Speech jam. Speech jam. Yeah, I just started playing AAU ball, and I'm playing with the Illinois Warriors. Yep. This is my first time I'm playing, like, 16U. It was 16U because Q was 17U, so it was 16U. So I was playing 16U in there, and we played against y'all, and y'all kicked our ass. And I remember y'all, you was like, yeah, you – Oh, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> we started shaking hands and stuff before the game, and, man, y'all got out there and y'all kicked our ass. And ever since then, I was so pissed <laughs> that we lost to y'all. I remembered you after that. 
So every time I had a tournament after that, because most of all the tournaments that we, we was, was in, in everything, right? We, we would see y'all. So I, I know you not. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking for y'all. Like, yeah, we gonna face them Wisconsin boys, them Racine boys. Mm-hmm. We gonna face them some way, somehow. Butler used to be like, yeah, you know we gonna face Karan now. <laughs> but the first time I met you was when in uh, Purdue, and we played against her. What you remember about that game in AAU and how it started? Yeah, look. I always knew this. My coach, Watt Booker, and Jamil Aguari, my Muslim brother, my mentor, he had came to me. He was like, look, these boys out of Chicago, they pumping them out. So you had Q Rich, you had Maggetti, you had yourself. <laughs> and he was just like, everywhere we go, we got to try to line up with these dudes Damn. to get you on the circuit. Because these, these, these motherfuckers going. Yeah. Like, they going to the league. <laughs> they not yeah. like this high school names, replica dudes. Like, these dudes going to the league. Yeah. So in order to get on that circuit, you got you to gotta get that bump versus them. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I saw, just you being a KG type, you came with a smooth demeanor, but you was like yanking mugs, <laughs> the right, the left crossing, just athletic. Had, had the whole package. And uh, I think Cummings was with y'all too, right? Yeah, TJ. TJ. Yeah. No, no, that was our 17 year. That's when we was finna be seniors. Yeah. That's when Cummings was with me. That early year when we seen y'all, I had Jarrence now. Oh, yeah, he had tapped Jarrence Howard. Jarrence Howard Jarence. Them and all this stuff. So I ain't had them yet. That was the first year. Because we, we played against each other two summers. Back to back. Probably... 15 tournaments, maybe 20 tournaments. He was on that team. He used to have a knee brace, the little black. Yeah, D Wade was on that. When they got to 17, he was on that team. 17, D Wade was on our team and so forth. But I remember you was one of the ones. You wasn't ranked high. I wasn't ranked at all. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But you was one of the ones because y'all had a small town team. Yep. But y'all was at all the Nike tournaments. <laughs> Made that trip. And they Car was washing everything. Like, but, <laughs> but, but, but the thing is, though, Q, they was popping folks. Like, <laughs> they might not win the tournament, mm-hmm. but what it is. they popping folks that, po- that everybody expecting to go up there. Like, they popped us in yeah. Purdue. But how we was assembled, we took this, – this is the first time it happened because you know how everybody have their, their grassroots programs and stuff, yeah. but – and bigger cities is a larger talent base. But our small group, six-mile radius, north, south, east, west, Racine, we said for the first time, let's get all these dudes on one hub. Mm-hmm. The suburbs, everything. Like, let's get on one team. And that's how the Brace Center was formed. Jamil mm-hmm. had that vision where, look, we could scrap up this money we're going to have taco plates. We're going to do dinners. We're going to do everything. Car watch. Mm-hmm. We didn't have no sponsor. didn't have nobody backing us. Mm. But we wanted to get on that platform and play against y'all. Yeah. Well, tell us how that started. Let's get Because I don't want to get into our relationship too much. But how you got to playing basketball. Because like I said, you wasn't ranked. But out of everybody that I seen, I always remembered you. You was a go-getter. <laughs> so I know, like, I always tested my mic when I seen you. Mm-hmm. And I know it was going to be a matchup. <laughs> you going know what down. I'm saying? When I see you. Even though you wasn't the rank guy. Yeah. But everybody else, when I used to see in the position of you, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm finna just run it through. This, this, this easy. <laughs> yeah, we used to sit around and watch y'all games, too. <laughs> like, I was like, damn, he putting on the demonstration out there. Yeah, <laughs> I want to work on everybody. I <laughs> and I was just like, I want that wreck. Like, I need to be in these games. I need to be where. John Thompson on the sideline watching yeah. me, Gene Katie and all the everybody just 
peeping game, watching us go head to head. Yeah. But the way that I got on the Bray Center squad was the brother by the name of Jamil Aguari, who I mentioned, he was like one of the huge advocates in the community. Mm-hmm. South side of Racine, uh, Midtown of Racine is where the community center was at. And I wasn't even dealing with basketball. Like I was, I was running in the blocks, in the streets, doing everything under the sun. And once I got, you know, caught up for like the eighth, ninth time, I ended up getting a two-year sentence. So I had to go to Juvia, I had to go to Wells. I did 18 months. When I got out, I got out with restrictions. Mm-hmm. I was on the bracelet, and I don't know if you remember this, but when I played in that game, yeah, I, had a, had, I had a bracelet you had, on. Yeah, the ankle bracelet on, I remember that. So I'm, I opened my mind up to the idea of the only way I can get out this city is if I play this game of basketball. Now, nobody made it out in the recent past or anything. You know, the closest thing we had was Nick Van Exel that was roughly 10, 15 miles away from Kenosha. Yeah. So that's what we can identify with. Mm-hmm. But Jamil gave me a, a blueprint. He said, look, you do this, I'm telling you. The worst case scenario, I'm going to get a bag from a college. That's how he was talking to me. He was like, you're going to get a bag from college. They're going to take care of us. And then you're going to get a free education. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you pick up a trade, you ain't never got to like worry about all this street stuff no more. Yeah. And that's how I processed it. So that's how I got on the brace in the basketball team. Yeah. I remember when Butler <laughs> told us about y'all because you had the bracelet. Because it was, the, you know, it's whispers all around the, the, the tournament. Yeah. Once you start playing with the braces about this. So he, and y'all tough and y'all, y'all go, y'all gritty and go hard. So he was telling us this and like, man, don't let them punk y'all. I was getting scared. They <laughs> beat scared. us. It made, that's <laughs> yeah, why. <laughs> you don't know with them. No, we I was, tried to we beat them wild. so bad every single time after that game we played them because it was just something about them. I know it be, and they wasn't even one of the high ranked teams. Yeah. But it was just a competitive edge that we always had great games Facts. against each other. Who gave you the ball? Who put the ball in your hand? Like who you was looking at? Because your game was different. My like, uncle Carlos. Mm-hmm. My uncle Carlos. He was like one of the baddest dudes out our city. Mm-hmm. You know. You know. It, Still, to this day, when you talk about basketball in our city, they, like, Yo, they talk about him. Los was cold. Yeah. But, you know, he got caught up in the streets. Um, but he gave me that piv. And he, we was going at it one-on-one all the time. Like, he, mm. he, gave, me, he gave me all that wire hanger on yeah. the door, all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> at what point when you was, like, once you started to take it serious, did you start to see, like, like shit, I'm I'm all right at this. Like you know what I'm saying. Not until I start playing against dudes like this, hmm. because because you got MVP. So that was at the that speech, was uh, the speech gym. That was my coming out party. That was your first time playing like too. A, a big a big tournament because everything else was local. Yeah, it, it was like uh, you know, community like center, rec league, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. But then he was like, hey, we we about to put this money together. Cause that was my first time going out of town playing. That was too. the first time we took took a van up, van stopped, overheated. Passes. Listen, man, these young boys don't <laughs> they know. They don't understand. These used yeah. to be 15, 16 deep in the fifteen pounds. Mm-hmm. Talk about people laying on the door with the bags <laughs> on the door. Then boy, you sleeping for hours in the you Ride don't leave the gym. The highway. You don't leave the gym. You yeah. in the you in the gym laying on the bleachers <laughs> over here on top of your bags and they like, bro, man, they don't know nothing. Games back to back to back. No low man. That's crazy. So that's your first term. That, that was my first first coming out. And I wasn't supposed to be there. My parole officer said that I can play in the league thinking that it was right there in Wisconsin. But I I was not 
given permission to go out of state. Yeah, you yeah. was looking raw in that cut, boy. And, but and that I was, got that there and I went to work. Game. And so I'm like, talking I, about <laughs> clearly after that, the, like the colleges exploded coming. To, you know what I'm saying? Trying to come recruit you out of everywhere. See, that's the crazy. You would think that, right? Mm-hmm. Or was some of them like afraid? Everybody still was because like, of the it's too much. It's too much. So you baggage. won MVP at that time. MVP. I, I was pissed about that time, bro. <laughs> I was pissed about that time because I was playing pro. I was playing in programs and winning programs and all that. So this was like my age group type ball. So when we didn't win the tournament and all that stuff, like I'm going back home you with a whole mindset. You me in that tournament. Not, that's the tournament I didn't play up with. That's y'all. when I hit 64. When yeah. D, I hit, that's, that's the most point I ever scored in the game. 64? In every in my life. Who y'all like, playing? We, I forget who we was playing with, but all my partners had stayed home and went to uh, Junior Prime. So you started yeah. getting all this. Man, I got every star <laughs> hey. in the book. I was out there with Jarence and Young yeah. Boys. They was like, I'm like, yo. It's my shit today. Like, don't play with it's me. Going up down. Like, yeah. I'm letting that thing go. I think it was one of the speech teams, too. I think so. You know, they used to keep like three, four teams. Yeah, they keep in the like three, four teams. Man, yeah. play went crazy. crazy. I could have had like, I got tired. I was well, missing. I was tired. So, so, how was you comprehending, like, you know, like, you didn't pose a plan in this tournament. Like, your parole officer, so you go to this tournament and. Because I know how I looked at speed. This was like a whole nother world. Like, I'm seeing right. college coaches that I'm seeing on ESPN and all that stuff, all walking through her and Damn. all that stuff. And the scenery was just different. So I know how I felt when I left her, but how you felt like you want MVP of it and and you got an ankle monitor on and, like, it's like a new light to you. How did you feel when you left her? So I'm a, first I, I could pivot back to that moment. So I walk in there. And Jamil pumped me with so much lead and venom. Mm-hmm. I was just like, everybody in here got me fucked up. Mm-hmm. That's that was my mentality. I was just I locked in to that. Like they got me fucked up. Mm-hmm. Or they think this dude better than me. They think like that's how I was just processing. I was even looking at my teammates crazy. I was yeah. like, oh, you think these motherfuckers <laughs> better than me? Yeah. They like, no nah, shit. We about to give you the rock. Like you about to let you rock out. And that's how I left out of there. And still with the conversations when I left after winning the MVP, I didn't feel like I got the praise that I was supposed to get. Mm-hmm. And because I was there and it was in our paper, local paper, I had to do two days. My parole officer found out, locked me up for two days, got back out. Yeah, I still didn't feel like I got the praise that I was supposed to. So like if you would have got the MVP of that, yeah. Shit, you probably would have been on another Sports but Illustrated. I, I was fresh. So, no. I would say you fresh, but like you was clean. Like you had no no yeah, heavy yeah, baggage. Had, yeah, behind I had no baggage with me. And yeah. back I then, felt that. all of that meant way yeah. more than yeah. it does yeah. now. now. It's like, hey, yeah. we understand. We'll work with you. Your your talent outweighs your problems, so we we'll make yeah. it work. But I felt that's what I felt yeah. leaving there. So what made you stick with it? Like what made you stick with like, man? You know what? I'm finna hoop and just walk this straight path and and just focus on on me. The realest shit I could tell you, and this like this, this is raw and uncut. I was like, okay, this this happened in Indiana for a reason. I, I saw this side of it, but I, I really do love being on the block. I really, I love hustling. It's a feeling that you get, like people just don't understand. Like when you bust a move and you got away with something, that's mm-hmm. how I felt at that time, like yeah. young-minded. But then my homeboy, Dre King, had got killed. He was literally 
just at my house, we getting our hair cut on Bluff. He walks up the street, he get killed. And um, I had to process that shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, like, bro, it's just, just right here, just with me. And this is at the time where I'm at a fork in the road about what the fuck I'm gonna do going forward. Right. And I had to process it. And I said, well, I know what's gonna happen if I stay in this lane. Either I'm gonna lose my life, be in jail for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. by taking somebody's life, or I'm gonna do this basketball thing and all type of shit could happen because I know I can, I can hold my weight and I can carry it. And I just pursued it. And the OGs that I have in my circle or had in my circle at the time, they was all about, dog, don't do what I did. Yeah. The OGs now are a little different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But these brothers was, don't you come, like, and if we see you out here, we're applying pressure. Yeah. Like, we don't want you out here. Right. Go do that basketball thing. You always come back to this shit. Yeah. And that's that's what did it for me. The last tournament we played with each other, because every time, like I say, I used to have a hit list out for you. Was it every, LA? Uh, no, it was San Diego. San, yeah, California. You played against Yao yeah. Ming and was in that tournament. Sure and stuff too. That was the last tournament I played against you. We never stayed in the same hotel, never been a, got a chance to be around each other, never nothing. And we finally, in San Diego, we stay in the same hotel and we sitting in the lobby and we straight talk. Kicking it. And I, <laughs> that's when you found out. You like, man, I always thought you were from Chicago. And yep, I'm like, nah, I'm from East St. Yeah. Louis. And then we just, we talked for like two hours. Just vibing. But we went through wars together the whole, every AAU summer. And then I finally got a chance to talk to you. That's why I knew like our bond and how, how much we played with each other or played against each other. Well, we never played with each other, but we always played against each but other. But it was like we was, was motivating each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we it was, was motivating each other from afar, like boom, boom. And even when you had got drafted, and I, I'll never forget Jamil that hit me. I saw you walk across stage, do your thing, and I was like, damn, that's like that's crazy. Yeah, it's real. Brothers, yeah, like this shit, like, because I, I got to know you. Because we seen each so, other so much. I know it's real. <laughs> I just seen and touched him. Yeah, we go through one. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm about to go yeah. to the league. Yeah. But like you made that like even more you so. You chased me. Yeah. I was like, okay, I yeah. got you. And then you not only did you go to the league, right out the gate, you was ready for that wreck. Yeah. You know, y'all just doing the whole <laughs> thing, that, like yeah. throwing it up. I was just like, damn, they repping. Yeah. Tell me this. At, at, at what point did it get to the point to where like, them schools did come around and start warming up and all of that, you know, all of the little extra weight and stuff dissipated and they started to show you that respect. So it was a crazy ass man. I got kicked out, so I gotta tell you, I got kicked out of my high school uh, district after all the success started happening. And I started kicked out the district? Like not I got the school, kicked out the, the whole, district. I couldn't go to school in the, <laughs> in the whole district. They were just like, cause I, I came back from, you know, Indiana with a little name locally and I just wrecked shop. So I only played one year high school ball in Racine. Yeah. Killed it. Averaging like 30. Yeah. So they was like, uh, he he done. Yeah. He he not he not gonna be doing this to our dudes and to our kids out here. Cause it was just dominant. So they just say you can't go to school here no more. So like, wait it was no incident. They just it wasn't an incident. Cool it was just like was your killing. eligibility ran out. I was like, but I played one year. I was locked up the other two years. Yeah. And they, they just, yeah, we did a school board meeting. They, like, nah, we're not. They, a couple of people protest for me. They rocked out, but it didn't happen. That's so crazy. George Ravlin, the, had goat. Re, the GOAT, 
he reached out to uh, Jamil at the Bracing and said, hey, if he go to this prep school, it'll be so good for his image because this is a hard-nosed militant coach, Max Good. Yeah. If he go with him and he can get through that fire, like everybody's going to want I remember him. when you signed to the prep school. And I was like, well, shit. It ain't worse than prison. I like what yeah. I can do two years at a prep school. I just got to yeah. get isolated, lock in. And I went there. Me and Demar Johnson linked up. He was the number one player in the country at the yeah. time. I looked at it like, you come see him. You got to see me. Yeah. And that's when it it went up. It was, was up from a, there. Was that like a culture shock though for you leaving racing and the, you know your family stuff like that going at that early of an age? It was like I said. I I did the two. The two years incarcerated. Oh, yeah, that's different, too, though. You already so, left the crib. So I was like, at least I, you know, I'm mobile still. I can get out. I could call. We had to call the cards. Let's <laughs> call the whole, like, I was straight. I was like, all right, I'm going to make it work. And uh, shit, it was up. When you started getting to colleges and uh, you start seeing the names, could you believe that you had an opportunity to, to go to some of the names, because like UConn, you, you went to UConn. Yeah. You part of the UConn history. <laughs> like, Don't from where you came from. Don't get them started. Whatever you think you can't, UConn. He knew that was coming. He knew that was coming. Every day he went into work, he found a UConn player that did something. He found a reason to say that damn, that little phrase uh, right there. Because I, I was happy for you. Because like, like I say, I, I knew everything that you did because I played against you. Yeah. All through high school, I felt <laughs> like even though we didn't play it during school time, I felt like I played with against you all through high school. So I always followed you. But you went to UConn after coming off of what you done went through, or so forth. It could have been anybody else who could got you. Yeah, uh, it, it could have easily been St. John's. Ooh, you finna go St. John? I, I thought about St. John. Yeah, I thought about it because I was trying to pair myself with a guard. Oh my. Cook. So it was Omar Cook, it was Andre Baird, and it was Talik Brown. Brown. That mm. was my favorite. So I said, I, I looked chose at Omar. I said, hey, I said, I'm going with one of them. Yeah. That's how I was looking Omar at Omar passed more to me. That's why I chose him. <laughs> and that's where I wanted to go too. Yeah. But then I was like, at the time, this is my dog. I, I can't hate to say it. But I was like, damn, Talik can't shoot. So he probably gonna just wanna get off of it anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> let me just go where Talik, you know, and once he chose UConn, we kind of did it. Together, we yeah. like, all right, we're gonna pair up. We're gonna go turn that out. Man, that would be. I didn't know you wanted to go to St. John. Yeah, like, Mike Jarvis. That been crazy. Mike Jarvis. Uh, he loved Mike Jarvis. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I love Mike. That's why I chose St. John. That's why I committed like yeah. early. And you probably, I, I, I can't re remember roughly, but you probably was the reason why St. John's is in my head. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just because it, it probably was out there that you did that, so yeah, maybe that just planted that seed. Yeah, I committed early because. Omar wanted to go to North Carolina, and North Carolina chose Adam Boom. Remember Adam Boom yeah, from Minnesota? I chose Adam Boom over over Omar. I was like, oh, they damn. That wasn't. I like Adam Boom, but he wasn't Omar. Yeah, Omar was different. And King of New York. When he chose St. John, that <laughs> that is, I mean, like, man, I just chose them. I went to the uh, Midnight Madness, and I was gone. The rest was that. history. <laughs> <laughs> I committed after that. Did you expect when you got to school, like, you know how we all, well, not we all, he ain't go to school, so he don't know this <laughs> yeah, part. Yeah, different. You know, when you get there, you do, whether you do bridge, you, whatever program, you're in the summer, you get the hoop with the squad. 
Did you know, like, before the season started, like, looking around to plan some some pickup and wreck or whatever, like, just hooping with the guys, you looking around like, shh. I'm yeah, being it's about, it's, it's about to go down because you you led as a freshman you led him in scoring and rebounding. Yeah, you had to have saw some of that beforehand. Like, yeah, y'all can't do nothing. You with had to get it know. with you. Like they they weren't built like you on that squad. So like, it's crazy y'all say that because the open runs right. We come with game. the program and Edmund Saunders, uh, Suleiman, Aju Dane, uh, Scott Hazelton was All American. Mm-hmm. So. I, you know, I'm talking. I'm, what's up? Like, what what position you play? What's, like, yeah, I don't shit. It. Coach said, I'm starting. I was like, damn, that's crazy because I know I'm starting. <laughs> like, in my head, I'm like, so, somebody I'm, out. I'm like, somebody out. <laughs> so I never really went like, like that in the summer because I was feeling everybody out, gauging their tendencies, watching what they did. And when it came showtime, where Coach training and camp and coaching everybody coming in here and all that stuff and being there and it's uh -oh. it was an operation shutdown. <laughs> it was just like uh, I'm gonna make y'all feel this energy and and dudes was just looking like damn, <laughs> like this his team, uh -huh. like not not this this his position. He's a starter. No, this is his whole shit. This is, like this, this is his team. team. Quickly, yeah, quick. Like after day one, it was just yeah. like. It, did you feel more mature than everybody? I did. You, you know gotta think. I already had a kid. Yeah. So I know. my That's life experiences is just is just different. So I, I wasn't coming there. It was a business trip for me. I wasn't coming to Yukon to go to parties and kick it and fraternize and see yeah. what your favorite color was. I came <laughs> I came on business. Yeah. It was a business trip. I was in and out. Yeah. I love the memories, but this was mm. the step I had to take. I had to dominate this platform to go to the NBA. Yeah. Did you see the level? How was the level when you started just playing against? Because you're in the Big East. Like, you're in one of the best conferences ever known to man, to man that you're playing in. There's dogs all the way through y'all mm -hmm. conference. And how, how did you test in your game against the Big East, against the other powerhouses? The physicality the of the game was perfect. Right. Yeah. You know, it was hard, it had pace, and then it was slowest at the same time. But the reason I specifically wanted to go to UConn is because the wheel sets and the action for the perimeters, particularly the forwards, Richard Hamilton, Ray Allen, Donnell Marshall, yeah. and then myself. It was like it was perfect, and the sets only got tweaked. They didn't change. And with organizations like UConn, you know, they don't rebuild. They just reload, so you're going to have pieces. And I was just like, man, this, this shit is already set for me. All I got to do is stay healthy. If yeah. I stay healthy and I stay in the right mind space, it. it's, it's over. Like you say, you in the Big East. This ain't no, no, this is a big time conference. When you go out and lead the team and scoring and rebounding, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it becomes your team. As a freshman, was there, was there some temptation to get up out of there? Was there any whispers or did you, you know what I'm saying? What was that like in your mind after your freshman season? Was the NBA calling? Was agents? I know how it'd be agents come calling trying to get at you. How was that for you? That's a great question. I, I got it after my first year. So it was like two games left in the season. We didn't finish strong, but I had great numbers. And somebody reached out to me and they was like, you probably should leave. It's always somebody yeah. gonna say yeah. something. And I, and I was like, I don't, you know, I don't even know how that process even works. I start, but yeah. I know I'm leaving at some point. I just don't know how the process starts. So I asked coach for a meeting and he said, I knew you wasn't gonna wanna talk <laughs> at yeah. some point, but I'm gonna tell you, I got your best interest. 
I know when it's time for you to leave. This is somebody who I trust, like, pure intentions, yeah. Coach Calhoun. When it's time, trust me. When it was time for Ray, I told him he had to leave. When it's time for Rip, Chip, did everything he had to do, you got to leave. Your value high. He said, your value, where you're at, late first rounder right now. If you listen to me, you get your weight now, you work on this, you work on your mid-range, 17 on end, face-up game, back to the basket. Karan, you will be a lottery pick. And I had to process that. He said, do you want some, some or you want some generational money? That was like the game changer for me. So I knew I had a specific call to action going into that offseason. I played with the Olympic team. I did this, I did that, checked all those boxes, and I came back. You got a gold medal. Ready. You ain't played with the Olympic team. Yeah. You got a gold medal, but I, my I, boy. I, I, I was ready, ready. You a gold medal Olympian. Salute. Say that. How was that too? Because, like, the USA team asked yeah. you to come trial for the team or play on the team. I didn't even process that till you know I got saying? older. Yeah, yeah. Like, literally. Yeah. You don't understand it, like, because like, we looked at it like it's the dream team is the only Olympian. Like, yeah. no. When go you go as a 17, 18, 19, you that's, that's the just the, yeah. yes. And like, just like you said, I won that same gold medal. It wasn't even nothing. We ain't tripped. We was like, all right, let's get to the crib. Yeah, we're better than them. <laughs> we came over here kick ass. But like that's home. like you say when you get older, talk about that. Like now realizing looking back, you know what I'm saying? Like, damn, like I'm a gold medal Olympian. Yeah, the milestones is something crazy. And it, it only register when you talk like now I'm teaching. I'm head coach of the summer league and I'm talking to my players all the time and they do the research. Damn, coach, I didn't know you, you know, and they give you all this back. You're like, mm -hmm. damn, I, I forgot about that. They're like, bro, like. I was listening to you before, but now I'm, I'm over listening to you because yeah. you've been through, but I don't try to bring all that up. I just talk in real time and current space, but man, it was a blessing to be on those teams. The competition made me better and yeah, great stories to tell your kids someday. Yeah. When you knew it was time to go to the draft, what made you make the decision? Honestly, my daughter, my mother, like, I wanted to retire. I was like, shit, I'm tired of her working at a sinkerator, assembly line stuff. And I was thinking, I, my daughter was, came in 02, so my daughter was roughly nine, eight. Yeah, so I was just like, I, I got to put myself in position to be the patriarch of my family. Yeah. And that's that's how I was thinking. How was it when you declared and you, you had to, you know, go through the process, get an agent and all that, going through... He don't know this part about like me and the you workout. Like, going to the workouts and stuff like that. I like don't I mean, because you only had like three. You was having state dinners. Yeah, he was the cream of the crop. He was he was sitting down. You was only going here, there. Like that. <laughs> yeah, that was your <laughs> process. Tell him again. Yeah, I didn't even post those the Clippers. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like we talking about for the guys like us that had like in the teens. We yeah. in the teens. We had a wide range. Like, like where you, the, you know so you go anywhere from five to fifteen. Yeah. Like so. So how was that for you? Like how many workouts did you do? Like and, and, and we know it be that short window. And what was like? How did you feel going through that process? It was crazy because the Raymond brothers, my agent, still to this day. Shout yeah. out Raymond brothers. Ray, I, Ray I, Ray I, Ray I saw yeah, Raymond bro. last night yeah, too. Like I, and I like the thing I respect about him, like, you know how it is when you go through that process. A lot of dudes be say one thing, do another. Like he was one of the dudes. Me and my brother, we flew out, we did all that. He showed big love. And he was like, look, at the end, he kept reading, like, man, listen, 
you go with me, it's cool. If like, I'm always have love for you. I'm going to root for you and support you in any way I can. It ain't right. never going to be like some bitter every single time I see him. Big five, big hug. How you doing? I ask about my sister and the fam, and it's always love. So I got super respect for dudes Straight like genuine, love, man. Yeah. He genuine. Yeah. But he had told me, he was like, this process going to be brutal. There's going to be some questions because, I, you know, I, I got hit in the leg a couple years ago. So I still had like that whole fragment in my leg and I, I never got it taken out. And he had told me about that process, like when they do medical reports and all that stuff, it's going to be some, you know, some issues and things like that. But it was interesting because he wanted me to align with all the players that they had me ahead of or, or was ahead of me in yeah, yeah. a lot of people's eyes. So that's what he did. He strategically planned all the workouts. So if Drew Gooden was somewhere, Mike Dunlap was somewhere, he – Whoever was ahead, he was like, oh, you, you got to go to that workout. So I was working back to back. I did I did like seven workouts within like a 14-day span. Yeah. Flying into the cities. It oh, wasn't yeah. a cat like my gym yeah. where I knew the rims. and you doing nah, that. You yeah. just walking in. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you weren't doing that. His gym, all that shit. I like, was uh, no. flying to gyms. Yeah, and then, I, you did. I was, my I first know. time in the gym. And we we <laughs> roommates. I'm, I can attest, you did have a few flights mm -hmm. to a few places. <laughs> he said back to back, unlike me. I was packing up from boom, this boom, city boom, to boom, that boom. city, this city, that city. They sending me flights, and that's when we used to have to get the tickets. Remember, like, man, we got, like, yeah, you weren't doing ticket. that. Yeah. You were going one trip here, then come back. Be I really, who, who did I go to? I went to Houston. See, I went oh, to, who came to you? I went to Houston. Who Orlando, came to you, though? The Nets. Oh, okay. A team actually came to you. The Nets was in Chicago. Oh, I worked okay. out against Q. Mm -hmm. Bust his ass. <laughs> Bust his ass. <laughs> no, <laughs> Worked out against Q. He got no. loose on Kill, you. Never. Where killing that boy? Never. Now busting his ass. They were looking at us like, boy, y'all boy look like y'all about to fight. It's my oldest son y'all looking at. Hey, we <laughs> been raising him up since hey. then. Like, come on now. Killed that boy in the workout. Got loose. What? Hey, one-on-one? Tell me this. Murder. <laughs> Murder, all, I'm, not, I'm not going to dignify that. I have video footage of what really oh, goes shit. on, you know. Man. Whatever. We okay. not going to deal with that. But this is what I want to know. <laughs> Like was it? Cause we all had that feeling. Like, did it? Did you have any workouts where when you got in there, you left off? You was like, shit, they, right. they better. They, I know they gonna Houston. Okay, Houston was mine. Too. Houston was the number one. They had the number one pick, and I was like, there's no way they're gonna take a kid, a kid they never seen before, China, China Yao Ming. Yeah. And my workout, John Lucas, Rudy T, Steve Francis, Cat, all them was there. And I was going to work. That was my best workout I had out of all of them. I left there. I was like, I, I laid, I laid it down. <laughs> like, I'm the best. Like, I could play with them dudes right now. They're like, yo, he the one. Like, he the one. The Steve yeah. Francis franchise. Like, he the one. Like, yeah. make it happen. I left there thinking that it was a done deal. And I almost got a verbal, like, nod that it was done. Yeah. And, you know, the Yao Ming thing, that's just something you got to explore. Kind of similar to what we at right now. Yeah. yeah. With it's a lot of talented dudes, and then you got this yeah, amazing you got <laughs> avatar. Yeah. yeah. You know, you got to explore that. You got to see what that See what it's about. Yeah. So that's where I was at. So how was it when you actually, like, because, I mean, I watched, you know what I'm saying, you get to the green room, and, and you got your family, you doing that whole experience. It's hot. And 
I'm like you. I know I felt like I should have went higher. You did mm. too. You still got to be lottery. But how was it for you to go through that experience? And then, like, when you finally hear your name called and you get to walk across that stage and, and you know, shake, like, what was that? Because, you know, for all of us, we watched that a million times on TV. And that's like, to a certain degree, that's the like, we made it moment in it's a way. Moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, how was that whole experience for you? So it, it was crazy because Spike Lee was. I was at the guard. Yeah, he was right literally right there, somebody just dropping major flicks that was in all our households that we was moved and inspired by. He's right there. You got the Garn Chanya name right. because it was getting later in, in that lottery a selection, about seven, eight. That's when they started doing it. Charles Barkley, like he's still, he's still, you know, just fresh with TNT. He's still on the board. I don't know what people thinking. Right. He's the best player in the draft. Like, and I'm like, oh man, I'm, but I was nervous and I told Raymond, he sitting next to me. I was like, man, I got to go to the bathroom, man. They told me I couldn't get up because the shit was live. I was like, nah, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm not waiting. And I feel like I'm here to be one of those dudes. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I feel like I'm here to be one of those dudes that go late in this first round or probably second round and everybody be like, what happened? And yeah. how you feel type shit. And I, I wasn't feeling that. And I went in the back, you know, had to compose myself, get myself together. And I said, Raymond, if you brought me here, this is real talk. You can ask Say, if you brought me here and embarrassed me on national television, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> Straight up. I, I had to tell him that just so yeah. he knew. He was like, no, oh, brother, you listen, we were about to pray. Yeah. We were about to pray. <laughs> this is about to happen. Just relax. You're yeah. too tense. And while we was in the middle of our prayer, his phone, little flip phone, is vibrating. He finished, flipped it, and he was like, yo, you going to Miami. And I'm like, they still at like eight or whatever. And we walk back to the table, we sit down, I'm looking at them like, better go to Miami. This, I'm gonna be acting crazy. <laughs> and it happened. And every emotion that I ever felt, when you talk about winning at the highest level, when you talk about sacrifices, sweat, equity, everything, it was just like, just let it all out, man. And, and, and people don't understand that being in that position, like, man, you gotta, it's a lot going on. You got your family here. This supposed to be the biggest, best <laughs> night ever. And because you watching people who you in your heart and you feel and you know that you better than go in front of you, it's turning, it's slowly yeah. turning into like, this is some bullshit. I'm yeah. about to have to do like, what is it? Like, just talk like, about that feeling of it. Like, like you said, you got up and compose. Like, think about it. I had to wait to 18 with yeah. that. And I was sitting there like, I'm, yeah, like, I'm like this, yeah, like, what? Tripping. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all got me, like, dude, what you see? Y'all got me fucked up. It's like, that, like you said, when those, all those emotions, because you sitting there and you trying to contain everything mm -hmm. and keep it together for moms, keep it together on for- On national like, television. Oh, boy. <laughs> on national you television. You in there. It was me and Mo P. <laughs> I had to act accordingly. Mm. But I, I thank God that Raymond was there, that he let me vent, that he listened to me. I thank God and my mom's was like, look, baby, it's gonna be all right. Just just us being here is a a blessing. Mm -hmm. That that was her mentality. Like, look, you got your whole family here, everybody proud of you. I was like, nah, mom, I'm better than all these. I'm like, Yeah. She like, you good. You good. And stay present. Yeah. And when it happened, you know, it changed our family's life forever. So it was just like one of those things. I was blessed. How was it walking in there and you, you finna go and holler at Pat Riley? Yeah, I was finna, nervous. You finna see the the Godfather. The Godfather. Like, like, like. He was so smooth, man. He uh, you know, had to slick back, you know, <laughs> walking up and um first class, 
they sent the plane for the family. We flew down, stayed at the Mandarin. Yeah, nice. First class, everything, big Straight limo, up. all that, you know. And I get there, Randy Fun and Andy Ellisberg, everybody there. Uh, the Harrison family, you know, took a chance on a kid that changed my life forever. So I'm, I'm always forever grateful to them. They, they hear constantly, but you know, just want to commend them for doing that. But it was, I, I was nervous at first. Stan Van Gundy, this first time I'm meeting him, he's a player development guy and assistant coach, and doing all the stuff that he's doing. But once I got welcome in that energy, I just felt like that was home. From yeah. the second I got there, I was like, this home. It just feel right. A lot of people don't know this, but back then in them days, like you get drafted, after you go to your team, no matter what team you go to, he happened to be coming to that team, so he was a shoe-in anyway. But if you blessed enough, you kind of, you get drafted to that Zoe Summer Groove. Talk to him. <laughs> Talk to him and let him know about Zoe what a time to be alive. Yeah. People do not know Zoe how Big Zoe Dog Summer Alonzo yeah. Mourning had the dopest charity event for, I don't even know how many years Ever. running, but like that was the first thing he went to. He didn't get the experience the first year, bro. Well, you well, know, he we probably we, couldn't you know play in the young boy. Big time. No, no, no. This is what happened. You know how they do the young boy. I know you did just like us. The rookies come in. They got us going to the camps all week, doing a charity, you know, Everything. doing a give back. So then by the time we get to the weekend where it's supposed to pop off, my man unfortunately called chicken pox from the kids. <laughs> did you? Uh, the kids gave me chicken pox. <laughs> you got chicken pox at first, My first time in Miami. <laughs> He and you know how they weekend. do the little, the little things for the kids and stuff. Yeah. So you know me and Q. The year before you went. They, okay. they sending us, you know, to, to mess with the kids at the camp. So we playing Touching with the kids and all that. Touching yeah. everybody. And I get back, and they you know, I got the chicken pot. Bro. Damn. Well, I called my mama. My mama came down there and you took care the of me. whole weekend. Sherry, Shelly, everybody take oh, care of him. Yeah. <laughs> Shelly. Yeah. Shelly take yeah. care of yeah. him. So, so, so just talking talk to people about how, like, that thing was the biggest thing. It was like All-Star Weekend in the middle of the summer in Miami. What is equivalent to that now? The, the thing that Drake used to do is similar, right? The, what, the OVO fest? Yeah, some where he had games no. or no, concerts. No, nobody had concerts. the same so level about, of, yeah, like, this ain't a concert. Had, so he didn't have basketball. He did, I think he games? did at some point, but like it would be like like rappers and entertainers and then like you know so Hooping. like they Zoe consistently had like Magic at least Johnson half of the all-star was, team. Was the next big thing. So Magic thing was nice. Zoe's was a presentation because he checked every box. Art. Like every day it was it was hard, it was entertainment, Jazz. it was a comedy show. Comedy got, show comedy, yeah. Usher. I don't Usher. even know how he was. And then it was everything, like, at that point, like, like, that. like, nobody was, like, everybody, everything was first class, the flights, first everything. Class, everything. The, the Shut hotels, down the whole city. The staff was so good, man. The staff was nice, man. Oh, they treated us nice. First class, everything. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, how was it for you to go from that, then to go to Summer League and just, like you said, get into that heat culture and, and start to find out what it was like? Me and him talk about this a lot. I feel like when you get drafted to Miami— I don't care who you are, you now are gifted with a better chance. Like, if you embrace this, if you accept this, you are going to be equipped with a better chance to survive anywhere else you go because it's so much hard here. And it's that old adage, like, when you do something so hard for so long, everything else is easy. Yeah. And it's like, did you feel like that? Like, because you were one of those people that went started there and went on. Yeah. And you had a lot of other experiences to compare it to. You know, so you got that foundation to know how to work and do all of those things and be a true pro. And you was looking at other places like, oh, this how y'all do they it? They loose. Like, this how y'all do it? Yeah, they loose. Yeah, I was like, these dudes loose. Because think about this. It's certain things that you inherit when you come to the culture. It, it, professionalism 
criteria is number one, but it's also, you know, the fact that you empty yourself, that this job, this business that we do, this is the number one priority. It's the first thing, it's the only thing, like that's the mentality. And, and when I got there, I looked at all the other guys that was, you know, drafted before me and after me. First thing they did, they got their advance. They was able to float, do their thing in the summer. But in Miami, it's like, okay, weight, body fat. These are call to actions. This is what we're doing. Oh, yeah, by the way, you can go home and say hi to everybody. But you got to be back. Uh, we're going to give you four to five days to live in that space. But you got to be back here this day. This is when we start to get you right for summer league. And it was just I was ingrained in the system. I was plugged, play, ready to do my thing. Yeah. And that's how we operated. So you had to learn schemes. You had to learn the tendencies. You had to learn the dialogue, the terminology, yeah. all on the fly. And it was the best thing ever for me because if I didn't go there, the habits that, you know, we're first generational riches, mm-hmm. eventually wealth, but the habits that instill with you at that point when you first get these blessings, you need that structure. If you don't have that structure, especially coming from how we, you know, me, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a recipe for disaster. Straight you don't up. have that structure. Yeah. We yeah. didn't have no structure <laughs> with the Clippers. Like, we, hey, nah, we, it was police your own over there. <laughs> Tell me this. How was it for you to come right in and, like, you know, we had many battles. We same position, everything. You came straight so, in the gate. Rookie. Buckets. 15 putting on and, like, playing for a coach like Riley and, and playing for the Heat. Like, how was that for you? And how did you – like, how was your view of the league? Like, it's something that you've been waiting on, working for, and you come right in the door. Boom. Yeah. Presence known, like, you know what I'm saying, hooping, letting, like, everybody taking notice because you were should have been drafted higher and that was heavily talked about. Like, how was all of those things going for you? And, you know, I think, and and I, and I say this now sitting in that seat and summer league head coach, it's like your success is really if someone really believes in you and wants you to be successful. Mm-hmm. And the belief that the godfather put in me right out the gate it's like, I'm going to put the ball in your hand. You're young, but I trust you. Go be great. Go explore, make mistakes, but I'm going to let you do your thing. And and also having Eddie Jones and Zoe and Brian Grant being like, okay, this dude young, but we're going to nurture him. Yeah. Right? And, and and let him build his confidence and teach him in the process. And that was that's all I needed. I didn't need to constantly get schooled and stuff like that. I just needed the freedom to make mistakes knowing that, you know, I had a long leash rather than a short leash. And Pat Riley gave me that. Like now, you know what I'm saying, we get older, you know, when you're young, you probably don't even think about it like that. But like, as you got older, did you ever look back or even now when you stop playing, look back and think like, damn, like, like he just said, the Godfather, Pat Riley, entrusted you with the yeah. rock and gay and said, hey, young, yeah. go get it. And go then like work. he said, it ain't just like, him as the coach did it, you got legends. You got Zoe, you got B. Grant, you got Eddie Jones that also was like, go ahead, young fella, we we see it We're too. Like, with like you. did that ever, you think about that, like, damn, that's crazy. Man, did all dudes I grew up watching and idolizing, and on, on my way home, I would I would just, I was like, damn, this this feel like a dream, like, that, that is happening like that. Yeah. And, and still to this day, I'm, Godfather hit me, Right after the Sacramento game, I won my first summer league game, first game as a head coach. And, you know, he shot me a long, lengthy text, just telling me how proud he was of me and the way I executed and got the guys ready. And I was I was just sitting there still to this day. I'm like, damn, it 
Like we sitting here, we you know we chopping it up, and it, all this shit is still it's it's a it's a vision, it's a dream. You know you want it to happen, but it's just it's surreal still. Yeah. But you keep taking steps forward in it. Yeah. But it's yeah. surreal. Yeah. Y'all draft D Wade and y'all get Lamar Odom. <laughs> like that year specifically, y'all was a young little rowdy team. <laughs> like just explain that year when it was you. L.O. and D-Wade and just playing with them. Yeah, I, people don't recall how that year started out. That's what I was about to say with the, with the resignation. Tell me, because like, we Riley had Stan on down. here, and he told us how it was literally out of blue. He was like, everything's going fine. Then he was like, y'all was about to go have a, either a walkthrough or a practice, and, and Pat called him in there and said, yeah, you ready? He stands like, yeah, we ready. Like, as far as he thinking he talked like, about tonight, he's like, no, no, nah, you about to do this. I'm out of here. And Stan's like, the f- like, like, tell me how that was. Like, we got Stan's perspective from like how he ex- like. How was that when the word came down to y'all as players? How did that get presented to y'all and y'all perspective on that? The one thing you know about our culture is we're on time, on target, first time, every time. Mm-hmm. And f- that that day was a little off. <laughs> and the Godfather telling us a story about. Kareem and how he knew that it was his time to step away from the game. Right. And how his father rode with him, I think on the bus or whatever the case may be, and he had a hell of a performance, but he knew that it was time to close that chapter in that li- in his life, his basketball life. It was kind of similar to that where he said, I'm walking away from this. And he trusts Stan to be at the helm and lead us going forward. And we was all shocked. It, it, to me personally, immediately, I was like, damn, is this something like, was we like not good enough or something we wasn't doing right? That just like, yo, I ain't I, I ain't got time for this. But it was just, he said, you know, when you know, you know. It was just, it was just time. And nothing to do with the players, the personnel, anything. Because we felt like we was talented. So that's what we started off the season with. And we started off playing so bad. Mm-hmm. 0-7. Couldn't, we all, in every game, show flashes. Um, but just couldn't piece it together, put it together. And then all of a sudden we we hit our stride. I think we won like 20 out of 32 games or something, <laughs> something crazy and end up making the playoffs as a young squad and yeah. D-Wade coming to his own where – Ben Davis, yeah, shot. Put yeah. him in the pick and roll and he became Flash. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we, we was running a lot of wheel actions like the, the Iverson stuff and mm-hmm. the Eddie Jones pin downs. Mm-hmm. And like, you know what? Like, put him in a pick and roll because can't nobody guard him. This is before people doing blitz coverage and all that stuff. So, yeah. like, yo, put him in it. He's splitting everything, living in the paint. Yeah. And that's when he became Flash and the team excelled. And the rest was history. So, having a year like that and, and seeing promise and hope, and then the next year it's changing. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Quick. How was that for it? Man, that was the one of the saddest days of my life getting yeah. traded. Yeah. That's when I got introduced to the business of business basketball. Of basketball. Yeah. Yes, I was coming back from Antigua, a trip for the Heat, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm walking through the airports, TVs everywhere, and they're talking about the trades and stuff happening. And like Shaq coming to Miami, I was like, "Yo, we about to we about to run through the league." <laughs> Me, Shaq, Lamar, B, uh, B Grant, Eddie, jo- you, ain't, like, you ain't put a counter. <laughs> nobody got a lead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so B. Yeah, I'm just going through it. Just adding him, ain't subtracting nothing. I'm y'all. like, yo, we about to, oh, man. I was like, they, the league in trouble. 
all of a sudden they was like, uh, uh, I think you and Lamar might be in the deal. Mm. Man, I was like, damn. Deflation. And me and D-Wade neighbors, so he come by the crib. He's like, man, I don't even want to play back. Like, I don't want to do this no yeah. more. You ain't here. You my brother. Like, we so tight. Like, damn. And then it, it was confirmed. And I asked Riles, I was like, man, I just bought the house, man. I, I just bought my house. Damn. And he's like, it's a great investment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, that's part of the business, a great investment. And I was just like, oh, snap. And then it, I had to process it. And But I will tell you this, the godfather, he uh, he wrote me letters. When I got traded, he kept coaching me. He kept coaching me. He kept moving the needle in my process because yeah, it was right. something he saw in me that he was connected to, and he just kept moving the needle in my process. So when I get the envelope and I get the little blue papers mm-hmm. with the letter on it, I was just like, oh, man, he's still pouring into me. Yeah, he's yeah. thinking about you. Yeah, it's dope. Tell me how was it when you, you know, after you get through processing that, you gotta you gotta head to LA and you gonna gonna go play with Kobe. That was crazy. Tell, like what is that like when Same you brand, the first day man. you meet him and or the first day he takes you out of the trade? Like what was your first communication when yeah. you was coming to the team with Kobe? It was like a pair press conference. So I don't know, Kobe signed a hundred and thirty six million dollar contract, yeah. something crazy like that, like one of the biggest of his our time at the time. We at the press conference, we doing our conference for the trade and his for the signing. And immediately, you know, this is the first time I seen Cole. He reached out. I didn't know it was him. Like, crazy. I'm feeling all weird. Like, damn, I missed his call and all this <laughs> shit. I'm like thinking all that. First thing he said, he was like, yo, you ready to fucking black out? Just looking at me. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, like, what, what the fuck is a black? Like, what that mean? He's like, yo, we about to fucking black out. We about to take this shit, like. We taking this to another level. And I was like, all right, I'll be here tomorrow, like 5.36, all this shit, giving me times. And I'm like, all right, whatever you need, bro. 5.36 in the morning. Yeah, we blacking out. This was fresh off him signing. And this the first year where it's like, because they got rid of Shaq, this is now it's my shit. Chicago. Yeah, this all my show. They so, just, like, Dr. Buzz just took the faith in me and said like, it's your franchise. This, your key, you take yeah. us there. Yeah. And... I will say this, all the stuff that I was learning in Miami about professionalism, competing, the highest level, 10X, communication, I seen it in real time with Kobe. Okay. He was all with, that. With an actual player, he was all that. When you talk <laughs> about the work ethic, the shots, the preparation, the film, coming back, same thing, time. discipline, yeah. the time, equity into it. I was like, damn, this dude is relentless. But I was like, I'm gonna do everything like you do. I'm gonna chase you. I ain't, yeah, I'm chasing <laughs> you and I ain't gonna take the gas off. Like I'm straight up. I'm, I'm, I'm chasing you everywhere. You, you, and I was his shadow for that whole year. You come into an organization like Miami, then you run into a, a leader like Kobe. It was a blessing, man. Uh-huh. It was a blessing. Till this day, I, I always tell folks this, and I know we probably tap into it, but just the impact that he had on my life from a basketball standpoint, changed it. But mm-hmm. then also from an information to life, because so mm-hmm. many parallels in sports to life. Yeah. He had me thinking differently about what I wanted my legacy to be, start compartmentalizing how I'm a pivot into business and things like that. And I'm an architect like the rest of my future. Like he was mapping out things 
and I wasn't even, I couldn't even think at that, that level. That, that I was just like, or none of that. we got the Knicks tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Like, Clippers tomorrow. Like, I'm thinking like that. He like, oh, I'm, he was thinking like, way ahead. All, all the way then. You know yeah. what I mean? And he changed my life forever in that capacity. Yeah, like you, just speak on that. Like, you one of the few people who had a relationship with Kobe that he trusted in to have something with you that was more than a teammate. You know, it was more off the court, family-wise and all that stuff. You had a chance to see him in a different light than the world might have seen him. And speak on that, just the type of person and the thinker and the the creator, the artist, the how much he was everything. He was so much more than what we actually think he is. Look, I I would say this when the, the news hit and the tragedy happened, everybody saw it from a different perspective. You know, obviously the empathy poured out and, you know, because he was so great, because he was the ultimate competitor, he always got dehumanized, like when you visualize him because he was just so great, he was so dominant. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden, for the first time ever, you saw people have empathy in the situation and see Kobe as just Kobe, mm -hmm. a father, a husband, a brother, a son, mm -hmm. a friend, a mentor, all those things. And that's how I always saw him. That's how our relationship was. We talked about family. We talked about our girls. We talked about trips. We talked about things that we see as therapy, you know, before, you know, mental health and all those things was an issue. Business deals, um, anything. We always talked about it. I, I asked him about his vision and what direction he was going in. He always made time for me when even I know he, he didn't have it. Mm -hmm. He made time for me. And that's why he always will be a brother. And Vanessa and the girls, you know, I love them authentically and purely. And I reach out to her all the time, just making sure that they're straight. If they mm -hmm. ever need anything, I'm always there. Yeah. Yeah, but he he was just, he he was everything, bro. Tell me this, how was it when you get when you get traded and you go to the Wizards? Or did you sign with the Wizards? Uh, well, it was a sign trade. Sign trade, but that's yeah. kind of like you just yes. made that choice to go get that that I, bag. Well, they, they had a situation with the Lakers where they wanted to give me 30. I think it was 30 million. And Luke Walden, it was like kind of putting me, they was trying to package us so Luke can get it and I can get it. Right. Or he was looking at like the cap space, other places. And it was like, damn, the Wizards got 50. I can go over there and just... You know what I mean? Get that, and it's a great city. And plus, Larry Hughes was just leaving. Mm -hmm. And that, so that whole third person to kind of carry that weight, another 20-point score, it was a perfect fit. Yeah, so yeah. that's it, it just worked out perfectly. Once you got there, like, how did – because obviously, like you said, y'all hit it off right away. You fit right in. Like, talk about that fit with Twan and, and Gil over there. Gilbert was amazing. I didn't realize how – Good he was. Like – offensively gifted he was. Like <laughs> He's pe a prop. Yeah, people don't, people don't realize, and, you know, you see all these other guards, and, you know, now I'm in this seat, you know, don't want to go too deep in names, especially with all the stuff we right, got right, going right. on. But yeah. it's like he had everything. Yeah. 
he had everything. Shooting the ball, turning around, Man. game winners. like Throwing his hand up. He uh, was blogging before this stuff was even a, a thing. MySpace killing him. Oh, yeah, like he's doing everything. And, you know, Twan, this silent assassin. Oh, my one, God. 1, 000, I, 2, 1, he was on the unorthodox game, but was a he, fucking bucket. Never, just, never, no hold guy. Get the ball off his. <laughs> yeah, he, he, it's, it's move. He, he passing the shoot. He, it's moving. He get he get the rebound. He right back up. He don't jump. I can't tell you how many times in the game somebody said, "Do he work on that shit?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know where he's a man. Like man, he just made it. Like, do he even work on that shit? Like, how you even do that? Yeah, like, he was different. That's the perfect <laughs> making your first All Star team. Yeah. Where was you at when you heard that you made the All Star team? Toronto. We had a game, and we all was in the airport. Mm-hmm. Some somehow I don't know what the hell happened, but we was in the airport. Got a call, and then everybody like sat down. I guess they knew already. I sat down. I'm chilling. They were like, "Oh, uh, somebody want to talk to you?" I think one of our trainers or some came. I was like, "Yeah, want to tell you, man." Um, I like we good. Like, like everybody getting serious and shit. Like everything. Like I'm thinking my mother, my brother. Right. Something like, what's going on? My racing, like, yo, uh, you got selected to the All Star. I was like, I was dead, like, I, I was blacked out, like, yeah. oh shit, like, I hear Coke, yeah. like, yo, he's like, yo, man, come on, man, that's, that's what the fuck we do, man, like, yeah. you know, you, you tapped in and you blacked out, and that's, that's what happens, man, you know, Gilbert, and they wanted me to be so successful, yeah, Antoine, like, I, I say this purely, like. Those dudes were so unselfish as stars. Gilbert and Antoine. Oh, yeah, 100%. They say, wanted say it for that me. again, because a lot of people, because Gilbert, Gilbert is how Gilbert is, and they no. think he's just such a selfish person. So, but, man, so Gilbert is one of the no. best dudes. He, that you I'm going to tell you about Gilbert. Yeah, no. Gilbert is, you know, Gilbert is funny. Gilbert. <laughs> he's, he, when God made him, he threw away the mold. Gilbert is Gilbert. <laughs> but when you talk about unselfishness, when you talk about, you know, what like wanting your teammates to have success. Real talk. And want somebody to rock with. Like he wanted that for me. Yeah. Like, damn, like dude, all star twine. Like damn, boy, boy, boy. Like yeah, yeah, yeah let's go. Like, I just thought about some as he talking. He gonna have one of the craziest that team shit ever watched. But go ahead. Yeah. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah. He wanted me to have that moment. Crazy. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that's dope. So how how was it just being the Wizards and having to battle against? Because you the guy that have to guard LeBron in that era. Like, let me tell was, you, talk about that era with y'all y'all having no <laughs> wars with the with the rap songs with D Steve. And it was it was too much. It was too much shit going on, man. <laughs> I would say that right out the gate. I was in the club, one of our playoff series, and somebody had literally brought. They had CDs. Brought the CD. Brought the CD in the in the club in the middle of our playoff series. Now, this is at a time where, you know, we still go out, kick it, and play in the game still. So, I, I guess we had a game in between or something. I'm at a Love Nightclub, Taz promotion. Taz, a Cleveland dude, Ohio. He got the whole Cavs squad in there, LeBron in there. And uh, this is right when D. Steve said, hey, he, he overrated. You know, mm-hmm. he, he, whatever. So, they bring the diss in. And I'm chilling. They like, hold on, new Jay Z, <laughs> new new Jay Z, fresh that era when he's going yeah. down like that. So I'm like, they cut the music. They rock rock in the building, all this shit, dude. They put the put this diss on, blow your whistle. D 
the diss song. And, I, and I'm listening, and I'm like, oh, shit, he talking about my dog. He talk. I said, man, you motherfuckers. I was like, y'all cut that shit off in my, it's our motherfucking city. Y'all cut that shit off. I said, man, I'll never spend money with you motherfuckers again. Like, just like, I was like, I lost it. I was hot. I said a lot of other stuff, too. I left. I ain't paid a bill that day. I was out. <laughs> you know, like, so Jay-Z did this, everything. this. They had a diss set record. it up while y'all in there and they in there. They can put that shit Yeah, out. did us wrong, man, in our hometown. We spent a lot of money. And um, after that, D. Steve had, I think he had Soldier Boy, Jim Jones, uh, had Suge Knight pull up <laughs> at the game. It was just, it was a lot of moving pieces. <laughs> it was a lot of moving pieces. What we doing here, I was like, like, yo, what's going on? we got a game. Like, we have a game. But it was a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot, bro. But LeBron was a problem. I'm going to tell you, blitz, zone, shows, <laughs> he dissected like, every oh, coverage. He knew everything. Everything. He could see over the coverages. He, he, he killed everything we threw at him. Everything you threw? Everything we threw at him, we killed. Respectfully, he killed it. Talk about when you got to Dallas, bro. Like, yeah. you, you done already, you already know what that's all about. You've been, you a vet now. You done been a few different places. You done been here, there. But now you in Dallas. The and best you owner in, in the game. Yeah, you know Q, about Q. Mark. You know about, Q. you know about Big Dirk. You got, y'all got Tricks there. Y'all got Tricks Big Haywood. Tricks turned up. Tricks, they turned up. Yeah, man. I was just with Tricks yesterday at our board meeting. Uh, Tricks funny <laughs> as hell, man. My biggest thing was my time ran out in D.C., my love for D.C. will always be there. Like, that's my second home. But my time there ran out from a basketball standpoint, and um, I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. And I needed a change of scenery with so many things that happened there and change of ownership. It was a fire sale. And I was just thinking, like, damn, like, I hope I land in the right spot. And Raymond had told me that Dallas, you know, you go to Dallas, man, you don't win a championship with this mm -hmm. team. And the trade ended up happening, and I also played with my longest tenure uh, teammate. We got traded together, Brendan yeah. Haywood. Yeah. So we go there. <laughs> Big Brendan. B. Wood. We go there, <laughs> and immediately Dirk just he had that like he had that Kobe vibe to him, not with the communication and talking, but just the worth ethic. What he was on. What he was on. He was on business. Yeah. Right? He already got hurt. Mm -hmm. where he lost in the finals. He felt that energy, mm -hmm. and he was just on a mission to accomplish that. You got hurt down the stretch of that thing. January 1st. But how was that to still, you know what I'm saying, like you were still a veteran, see, see the you know what I'm saying, presence on, on the yeah. team. And I, and I can remember, like, you know what I'm saying, the team, even when y'all wanted them giving you the trophy because they wanted you to feel that too. First. Like, so, so how was that for you just to see, because that was a, a legendary run that Dirk went on Facts. right there. He he really turned into like I'm like the best player right now. Like he turned into like one of them dudes. He got them like, guys coming over and left him right now. And whispers can he or can he? And he annihilated all of yeah. them with that run. He went on like so. Hold how that. Was, how was that to be able to you know bear witness to that up close and personal? That's like another level. Of, like you've been back, Kobe. You get to see this. Like how was that to see Dirk just turn from what people thought he was to who he knew he was? Man, he tapped in. He emptied himself. I'll never forget the injury that I suffered. I had a patella rupture, blew out my knee January first, two thousand eleven, after our New Year's party in Milwaukee. You know, being the third leading scorer at the time, we was like the number one seed, playing our best basketball. And 
when the injury happened, we go in the back. Dirk, one of the first ones, came back there like, you good? I was like, bro, shh. Mm-hmm. I ain't never felt this one. Right. I was like, this is different. Mm-hmm. How long you, like, what you, I was like, uh, I don't even think I'm going to play basketball again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's how I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And Cube, like, hey, you good. You ain't going nowhere. Don't worry about nothing. And that was just confirmation to me. Like, all right, I'm, I gave everything to the squad. I'm still going to be here. But also, it was confirmation that I knew I was going to be a coach or teaching in some capacity at some point because during that whole run, I saw myself in a different light and how I can add value to that team. And what I saw up close and personal from Dirk was just something you, you don't get a chance to see too often and probably one of the best title runs in NBA history where you saw the team collectively rally around an asset that was removed, mm-hmm. bring some more assets on Peja. He signed on with his late Corey Brewer signed on with his late Roddy Bouwad was still working his tail off and doing all the necessary things. J.J. Barea wasn't in rotation like that, wasn't probably on the best of terms at the time. With, he was key piece. But then he was the ultimate key piece because yeah. you put him in the pick and roll and he was unguardable. Jason Terry took his leadership and his production to another level. Tricks, uh, B. Cardinal, the custodian, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Jay Kidd, the reclining legend, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Everybody tapped in, B. Wood, every, like, Tyson Chandler, it was just everybody just amplified. They, they, they said, bro, you will play again. You will play again. Like, we're going to do this for you. And they rallied around that narrative. And it was just amazing to watch. It mm-hmm. really was. It really was. When you got that title and you got that championship, how was it to hold that trophy? And, uh, you know, everybody get their day with it. What did you mm-hmm. do with it when you got your day? Man, I was sitting out. Shit. We all had our day at the, at where we go, live I, that night? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. we, oh, oh, Cube has detailed it. Yeah. He has detailed it. It's fascinating. He fashion. said it's card decline. At first. Did you know that? I didn't know the card decline. He said, look, he said, Dirk, he said, he said, Dirk, they had the big, huge bottle. And he, he said, he went to Dirk, he said, Dirk, should I get the bottle? Dirk, like, fuck yeah, get the fucking bottle. So he said, like he give him his bottle card like a hundred something So he said, he get a black card to the dude, they go in the back. He said, after so long, they all, you know, everybody's party drinking dirt come to him like, oh, what the fuck is the bottle? <laughs> and he like, I don't know, what is the bottle? So he say, they come tell him, hey, we need a problem. He like, he say, it's three in the morning, two in the morning, whatever. They all going, okay, everybody party. He like, he's in the back office, like, he's low. He's like, I'm blasting. Tell him, like, it's my car. It's not fraud. Like, look on TV. It's We're me. celebrating the championship. And, like, look right now. Like, he like, and long story, so they got it together. <laughs> I know? didn't even know that. Yeah. It was so crazy in there that night. Lil Wayne, everybody in there. And I do remember when they brought the bottle up. Yeah. It was like five people carrying it. Like, <laughs> like, like, no, for real, like a casket. <laughs> they had the bottle and it was, you know, life-size bottle. They carried it. It, it was crazy. Cube <laughs> says he actually bought that bottle. He has it in his office. He, he still a, got it? Got not, not that one. He bought another one oh, just to have in his office. I was about to say, because I was like, I don't know how they got that on the plane. <laughs> nah. Yeah, but that, yeah, that was wild. That was one of the best experiences. And then the, when we got back to Dallas, just all the people that was out there, it, it, yeah. was, it was crazy. Tell me, as you feel like like your last couple cents, like, because I was there with you. We was in Detroit together, and I, I felt like that was like a beginning of like you say in Dallas, you kind of started to see it, but I feel like easily in Detroit, Sacramento, those last couple stops, it was it was really like okay, like you saw yourself as the OG, and like you was really teaching and guiding and mentoring. Did those last couple stops like kind of 
do it for you. Like, yeah, I, I probably do need the coaching. Like, because you have been doing it for like the yeah. last three, four, five plus years, just with the young guys on the team, being a mentor, being a pro, showing them how to be a pro and all those things. Do you think those led, like, ultimately to you down this path to say, this is what I want to do? Yeah, 100%. And also, and I'm glad you brought this up because I thought about you when I took the job, right? <laughs> uh, four years ago, I thought about you when I took the job. And I remember you was fresh out, mm-hmm. bad motherfucker, like hell of a player. And I thought about the messaging. When when you talk, like you got their undivided attention in the locker room because mm-hmm. you've been through those wars. People respect you. And I was like, damn, like, damn, Q Rich and Malik had me in Detroit. Word. But I didn't even process that. But yeah. I was like, I started thinking about, I was checking everybody, I was like, yeah, how you go like transitioning to coaching? Like, that's different. And I was like, oh yeah, damn. And then Tim Hardaway was there too. And I yeah, was, you saw I was thinking about all the dynamics and I was like, I know if y'all had came in there and you know our offline conversations we was having. Right. So if y'all ever came in there and said, like CB, run through that brick, I'm telling you, just run, it's gonna happen. Like, I'm gonna do it because I trust your evaluation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, I can really move the needle in this coaching seat, I can do that for uh, these up and comers. And mm-hmm. I can give them truth to power, speak the real shit, speak their verbiage and, you know, move their needle in their process. And that really like done it for me. It really did, that that really done it for me. But yeah, dog, I had to tell you that, man, give you your flowers. Cause like, you was therapeutic for me. Like it was therapy, like talking to you. Cause I was going through that process, but still knowing that my ability, I aged. I can yeah. do it in Windows, but I couldn't do none right. of what I used to. But, you know, that transition process, you being there, Malik, like, y'all was helpful, man. That was real helpful. What made you make the decision of uh, going back to the Heat and wanting to be a coach and be on that staff and be back in the organization? There's only two organizations that get it right, that do it right. And, you know, obviously, you know, no shade to nobody else. But when you look at the, the disciples that's laying around the canvas of the NBA, that's great coaches. Mm-hmm. You think about the Spurs and you think about the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. And when I had the opportunity to do that, um, I was on television. I was talking. To, I, yeah. I'm with the Lakers talking mm-hmm. about the finals. Yeah, I'm and I'm working with Spectrum, me and James Worthy, talking about the pick and roll situations and mm-hmm. the dynamic of getting downhill and having more real estate. And I guess they saw that. Mm. Like, damn, we we like the way you chopping it up about the game and mm-hmm. giving the solutions. And I suppose like, hey, I want you on the staff. He wanted him too. It, it was him, mm-hmm. me, Jim Jackson, and somebody else. And he's like, hey, you open to that? We're like, shit, like what that look like? I don't even know. Can I still do my business stuff? Can I like yeah, can I be mobile? Yeah. Like, what does that look like? What's the commitment to that? And he broke it down. I said, oh, that add up. That looked right. And I pivoted, and I'm grateful that I did that. It was the best decision I made. Well on his way to being a head coach soon. Salute. You know Salute. what I'm saying? Before we get you out of here, though, I want to talk to you about a lot of the, you know, man, you didn't got, you got entrepreneurship, you know what I'm saying? You you get, you get own hotels, you own Burger say. King. My yeah. man got coffee <laughs> shop, Starbucks. My man got, you didn't wrote books. Like, tell Long me. Long way like, from Racine, like, You know man. what I'm saying? Like, tell me, bro, like, how did you... You know what I'm saying? Like, you've done a whole lot. Like, what led you to doing so many things and trying to be? And I love the fact, like, you know what I'm saying? I remember when you did your first first book, I told you, like, dog, that's dope, bitch. You know what I'm saying? You you with the community. Like, and a lot of people didn't got Jersey retired, this, that, and the third. Like, tell me how do it feel to have a street in your hometown mm. 
Like where you started and had all these things where you was getting in trouble. Folks was looking at you like a you troublemaker. Street, now, bro. Mm. Name and street they don't, we, that's deep. You know what I'm saying? That's big. That's, that's major at the crib. That's 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 like, deep. What is that rank for you like in like cause that's not something that you we aim for a lot of goals. I wanna make the NBA. I wanna make all stuff like that don't even come in the rim or the scope of a thought. Yeah. Like how you did that do feel it. when you get bestowed that because you've done so much good and poured into it? Like how did that make you feel? Man, I shit, I still cry about it sometimes because, you know, when you go on Google Maps or my kids rolling down the street, like, yo, I gotta pull up Karan Butler Drive and straight up. Just had that moment. But also, like when I talk about all the stuff we were chopping it up about, um, I think about dudes that I lost on that block, the adversity I went through. And, you know, to be bestowed with that honor, it's, it's like, damn, like that's, that's deep. It like that's heartfelt. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, from a business standpoint, you expect to do that because it's the grind in this. You know, mm -hmm. you give us a lot, we can flip it and turn it to mo mm -hmm. because our observation and our experiences in life, like we just natural hustlers and we just, we're going to multiply if you built like that and mm -hmm. wired like that. And we are. Um, look at this. Like, look what y'all created out of this, man. So salute to y'all too. But... That's one of those things for me. That's right there at the top. Yeah, birth of my kids, stuff like that. Like that's right under there, right there at the top, though. Yeah, hundred percent. You had a lot of teammates. Yes, you had, a, you had a lot of teammates. You played for a lot of teams. If you had to pick four teammates that you didn't play with in your NBA career to, to have a five to play with, who would be them other four teammates? And let me just say, I feel like his is going to be one that's going to advance far in the brackets. We're going to yeah, put everybody in the bracket. Team, man. What? Boy, I just thought about it a little bit. We, what I said it earlier. Go ahead. KD, Dirk, Chris Paul, Kobe. That's, boy. That's that's your four? All top 75, that's his teammate. <laughs> Look how he looking. Did so you, 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 all right, hold on. Chris Paul at the point. Kobe at the two. Kobe at the two. You at the three. KD at the four, Dirk at the five. All gotta top come 75. Out. You got space that's and, a, that's yeah. crazy space and five. pace. All top 75. <laughs> that's a crazy five. This, this is the other question I like to ask, man. We all come from humble beginnings. Like, not what you, like, we know you t we all took care of, you know, our parents and all that. I want to know what CB Tough Juice did. Tough when Juice. When you got that, that, that little change in your pocket where you felt like, okay, I could do something to, to you know, to show myself some appreciation. What did you do? Was it bad. I, 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 trust me, time out. Like, let me just put a disclaimer. He got, now he missed a nice watch now. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know button, but boy, I learned some <laughs> shit from him about watches and different situations. So, like, I need to hear something, because the man that did, he, go, you did some nice things. you like, just tell a little, like, one of them first early things that you probably look at it. It could have been stupid and now we grown, but, like, yeah. we, we good. We recovered. We good. I'm going to tell you, when I first heard my name announced in the draft, after I got over the emotional shit and got to deal with my family, I immediately pivoted and said, hey, could Jacob open the store? Oh, he went. Oh, he went. Because I need, I need the Jacob one right At now. That night, what you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I, I need the Jacob watch that right now. Right now, <laughs> I need it. And I and I went. I that probably paid double for it yeah. that day. But Stunner, I, I had look, to get the fantastic. watch because I said I can't go nowhere. I just got drafted. I'm a lottery pick, and I don't have the watch. Yeah. And they was the Jacob watch. The Jacob, we didn't have the colorful, the, 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 the different yeah. times. You, 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 ain't, you, ain't, you ain't doing that, so yeah. I had to go get the watch. And I don't even know where the damn watch at. I don't even know what happened to it. 
They got lost in transit. You know, it's a mystery. Lost yeah. so much jewelry. Yeah, man, this, somebody came that up with That thing probably it. got kicked down to one of the nephews, the homies, or anybody. Yeah. Boy, real talk. But I mean, uh, before we go, man, I just want to tell you, man, I appreciate the wars back in the day, man. You made me better, King. We went against each other, man. and Facts. This 20-something years later, you know what I'm saying, 25 years later, now we're here and to, glad to see you made it. You know, one of the guys that I just remember going against and so forth on. I'm glad we here. And we be proud, bro. We watch talking, man. like, you know what I'm saying, that run y'all just was on. Like, yeah. every time we do the tap-ins talking, we make sure. Because, like, you know, I got love for Quinny, Facts. Lee, yeah. all y'all boys over there. Like, Coach O, like, Coach O was my man. Dog. That was my, <laughs> like, every morning. Like, dog, when I lost all that weight that one year, that was me and Coach O every morning. I was with Coach O every morning. He a real one. Crazy. And he, like, you know, Coach O, real dude. But, yeah. like, shout out Coach O. But, like, that whole staff, like, that's how call the AC. Like, that's how I love the way Damn. the Heat do things. It's all in-house. It's all former players. So, it's like, it's all love. Straight so, up. man, like, we super proud of you. We yeah, see y'all here doing you, it. Bro. We know where you head. Love you know? <laughs> Thank you for having me back, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. So, you know, this has been another live on location. Real family. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> with, the, with, with CB, Karan Butler. This is a Midwest swing, y'all. You feel me? Y'all wouldn't understand it. I want to thank y'all for your continued support of the Knuckleheads Podcast. Be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also watch all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast. And join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. theplayerstribune.com.